So we're asking the question whether or not there's more to life. Um, I would argue absolutely there is more to life than just surviving, just getting through another week, getting through another day, getting through another year or another month, or, or just uh, waiting for that next achievement or waiting for that next relationship uh, or waiting for this relationship to break up or whatever the, the case might be. Um, th- there really is more to life, I believe, which is, which is why Christmas uh, is so significant. Christmas celebrates and reminds us that, that God sent Jesus into the world to actually bring so much more to life than just looking for more fans and followers or looking for more wealth. And, and in some cases, and this might surprise you, even more than just looking for greater health. There really is more to life where we can experience a level of fulfillment, a level of joy, a level of wholeness, a level of contentment in spite of imperfections, in spite of not having your act together, in spite of not having all of your ducks in a row. It is possible, but I believe that's only possible through uh, a relationship with Jesus. That's what Christmas is all about. I love this quote by the famous actor Jim Carrey where he says, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. In other words, go and enjoy that trip, but that's not going to be the answer. Enjoy the next achievement, but that in itself is not the answer. Enjoy getting married, enjoy having children, enjoy whatever, but know that none of those things in and of themselves are the answer. They're not going to be enough in and of themselves. If you're going to make your spouse uh, your world, your idol, the person at the center of your heart, um, you're going to put a responsibility on that person that should only be put onto God. If you're going to do that to your children, if you're going to do that to your career, if you're going to do that to your education, you're going to put an unfair expectation and an unfair responsibility onto that person or onto those things. Some of you may be familiar with the name John D. Rockefeller. He was the first dollar billionaire in America. Um, and that's significant because this was in the early 1900s. So, so roughly 100 years ago, this guy was already a dollar billionaire, just a significant oil magnet, all right? A journalist asked him the one day, uh, you know, obviously knowing his wealth, asking just, just how much would be enough, and his answer was simply a little bit more, just a little bit more. That's kind of like speaking to Bill Gates or Warren Buffett or Jeff Bezos and saying, like, how much is going to be enough? You know, when you have $50 billion already, they're like, yeah, just a little bit more. Most people would think, are you crazy? Like, surely you don't, I mean, that's more than anyone can spend in a lifetime. Yet, yet it reflects something, it reflects something deeper that is still not being satisfied. That's why you may have friends that go from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship, and, and yet they're never quite satisfied because what they're looking for is not going to be found simply in a relationship. This is not new. This is, not, this is nothing you know, fresh to the 21st century. This has been going on for millennia. This is the, the dilemma of just simply being human. And Jesus actually had a man come to him 2,000 years ago, a, a rich young ruler is what most Bibles would refer to him as. So maybe a, a young entrepreneur, a young CEO, business owner. Um, and he, he, he really did actually have his act together. He was wealthy. He was a moral man. He was a good man. Yet he came to Jesus asking him 
what he had to do to have eternal life. Take a look at Mark chapter 10, verse 17. It says, as Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. Verse 19 says that to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man replied, maybe even interrupting Jesus, like, like, like I've got this. I've got this. I know the commandments. I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Now, some of us might instinctively think that this guy must be delusional because none of us have you know, obeyed all these commandments. We all slip and fall. I don't know, but I want to give him the benefit of the doubt that in all likelihood, he was a genuinely good guy. He was a genuinely moral guy, yet he still felt like something was missing. Maybe you find yourself in that position where you're really good, and you're really good at trying to keep the rules, but you still feel like there's got to be more to life. I would argue that the reason for that is because religion isn't going to bring you life. So so religion is where we're simply trying to obey rules and regulations. But that in itself only, I think, can actually lead to a type of death. It puts a a weight and a burden on you that you cannot bear. The Bible tells us that it's only through a relationship with Jesus that actually that burden gets lifted. Verse 21 tells us that Jesus looked at the man and he felt genuine love for him. He didn't feel anger. He didn't condemn him and try and shame him. He wasn't mad at him. I think Jesus is actually very secure. God is very secure when people have sincere questions of faith. I don't think he gets intimidated or offended when, when people are sincerely searching through, through different means, trying to understand why we were created. Because I think all of us have got something built into us. All of us have something built into us that that yearns for a sense of purpose. We had to have been created on purpose. The next verse, it says, there is still one thing. This is Jesus speaking. There's still one thing you haven't done. He told him, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell and he went away sad for he had many possessions. Now what's interesting is that I would imagine that most of us would notice that part about where Jesus says go and sell everything. And that's where you start getting scared and uncomfortable, thinking, oh, is that what it means to follow Jesus? I want to put you at ease and say that that's not what it means to follow Jesus. It's just that this was the one thing that Jesus knew was in the way of this young man's heart of actually following Jesus. And it could be different things for different people. And by the way, you can be a Christian. You can, you can even be in a relationship with God and yet still have something that's in the way. And you wonder why there isn't, you know, you still feel like there should be more to life because we're still allowing something else to be in the way of what is the ultimate thing. We allow good things to be in the place of the ultimate thing. And it can distract us from enjoying the adventure, the life that I actually believe that God has called us to. And I think... I can't help feeling that this rich young ruler felt like Jesus wanted something from him instead of realizing that Jesus wanted something for him. And if he could just get that thing out of his hands that he was holding onto so tightly, 
if he could just release that to Jesus and actually trust him, I think he would have been surprised at, at just what Jesus would have replaced it with, what Jesus would have put into his hands. In fact, I, I couldn't even help thinking, and this isn't in the Bible, I'm not saying this is biblically correct or, or accurate or theologically correct, but, but, but who, knows, who knows what this man's destiny would have been if he'd said yes to Jesus? Who knows what his destiny would have been if he'd taken the risk of giving up what actually, in the greater scheme of things, is something much smaller in order to take hold of something much bigger? And, and again, this isn't in the Bible, but I just wondered, considering that there were 12 disciples, 12 apostles, Judas betrayed Jesus, in the book of Acts it says that they had to replace Judas. Like, imagine if this guy was possibly destined to replace Judas. Imagine if he was meant to be an early church leader, but he gave up his destiny for something far, far less, for something far smaller. I can't encourage you enough. I can't challenge myself enough to check myself and to make sure that I'm not allowing anything to get in the way of the greatest gift that has ever been given to mankind, that I would, that I would remove whatever I need to in order to be able to take the steps of following Jesus. What I'd love you to do for a moment is just to close your eyes, just just for about 30 seconds in terms of just reflecting. And I'd love for you just to, just to consider for a moment, and maybe if you're willing, if you're in a place that you're comfortable enough to just even say, God, if you're real, I'd love for you just to point out to me if there is anything that is actually standing in the way. Like, what, like what is it? What is that thing that, that's getting in the way of me daring to trust you? Daring to follow you because here's the good news I think he only invites us to take the next step I don't think you need to be intimidated by trying to figure out what may be step number 27 or what may be the steps that he may ask of you in 2019 or 2020 or 2021 all we have to do is have the faith to take that first step and if you're already on that journey you're already in that walk you're following Jesus then it's the faith to simply take the next step and when the time comes it's to take the next step it's always one step at a time God never requires more of you than you're able to give but in many cases we're allowing something to stand in the way of following Jesus and when we choose to follow Jesus I honestly do believe that we get to experience more to life where no matter what's going on, no matter the challenges, no matter the health issues, no matter the financial debacles, no matter the uncertainty of the future, no matter dreams that are deferred or delayed, we can still have a peace that passes understanding. We can still have a joy that doesn't make sense to those around us because actually it is built on that which cannot be shaken, and that is Jesus, our Creator.